So this week we're watching Matilda. Oh, that Elliot Gould comedy about the boxing kangaroo. No, not... Wait, you've seen it too? I don't want to see an ordinary film. I want to see something extraordinary. Your sacrifice completes my sanctuary of 1,000 testicles. You ever feel as if your mind had started to erode? Let's rock indeed. Welcome everybody to 1,000 Wives of Weird, a podcast that is a celebration of weird film. I am Brad Hefner, and with me as always is... Billy Martell. And if you're wondering why it's not Billy's turn this week, it's because we got greedy with our theme month, No Not That One Month, <laughs> which ends with a whimper. Yes. Um, we should have ended with Up. <laughs> well, we didn't know going in. No. And yeah. I'll get into that aspect. Yeah. But this week we're talking about the 1978 film Matilda. Mm-hmm. And now let me say something. You First say off. I'm sorry. I wanted to do this movie for a long time mm-hmm. just because I love boxing kangaroos. Like, that concept is... Yeah. I'm infatuated with that, with that concept. I get it. Yeah. So once I found out that there was a boxing kangaroo movie starring Mr. Elliot Gould... Mr. Dr. Elliot Mr. Gould. He's a Mr. First. Yes. Like his father. Like, tribute to his father. In tribute. And then the doctorate was secondary. Right, yes. The greatest thing he could be in life... Was his father's son. So this has been on my list for a while. I even hunted it down a while back. As soon as I saw what this kangaroo looks like, and we'll talk about that later, I was like, this is some shit. (laughs) So we were doing this month, and I was like, okay, let's let's just do four. That's how many weeks are in a month, Yeah, typically. And you were like, no, go for it. Let's do all of them. (laughs) Did I say that? (laughs) Well, you weren't, not in those exact words, but you were like, I might have even know what might have happened, and I was like, let's cut out Up and do Matilda, because I figured you would enjoy Up less. Oh, man, that was a miscalculation. Yeah, well, because it was softcore pornography, and I was like, I don't know if I want to, if Billy wants to watch this. Oh, okay, But, um, and they were like, well, I know you really wanted to do Up, so let's just do all of them. Mm -hmm. Very basically, Up is a story about... Well, up is a story. About oh, I'm sorry. Hitler's, I'm sorry. Hitler's daughter. But yeah, no, I was. I was just thinking of any other movie. Than just, Matilda. No, I think you're thinking about Up because you're thinking about Up most of the time. True. No, that's <laughs> Margot Winchester lives rent free in Monaghan. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Matilda is a story about a boxing kangaroo. Yes. Uh, his owner Billy Baker, yes. their manager Bernie. Bernelli? Sure. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of my notes are like, sure. I guess, This sure. might as well happen. They sort of promote Matilda, and Matilda gets very big in the boxing world. Mm-hmm. They get mixed up in mob shenanigans. Mm-hmm. Nothing fucking matters in this movie. Nothing fucking matters. There are no stakes. There are, no. There's no stakes. There's no character. Uh, Every once in a while, a character will say, but if this doesn't happen, this will happen. And I'm like, when was that established? Yeah. Never. But yeah, Matilda, boxing kangaroo on the rise. And yes. that's that's the gist. That's the gist. And let's, uh, if it's not clear yet, Billy, would you recommend Matilda? Uh, no, not in a million years uh, would I ever recommend that anyone watch this. My wife, Kaylee, who sometimes stops in, 
uh, as I'm watching these movies, uh, stopped in for like the last three minutes of this film and <laughs> could me just sitting in for the last three minutes could tell that something had gone wrong. Uh, and she, uh, she, she said something that I, I felt really summed it up. She says, I feel like the seventies had some of the best stuff, but when something in the seventies was bad, it was truly tragic. Yes. And that is this movie. This movie is the worst kind of lazy, asinine, dog shit filmmaking that is so lazy and poorly done that I feel like somebody was laundering money through the production of this film. Do you think it was Elliot Gould? <laughs> I don't think it was Elliot Gould because I, I found a story about his involvement in the movie. Oh, wonderful. I'll just briefly touch on it now because it doesn't touch on the plot. Elliot Gould was a uh, a up-and-coming like star yeah. in Hollywood at the time, and the producer felt so bad for getting him involved in this movie very early on in the production that he offered to buy Elliot Gould out of the contract he had signed really? to make the movie. And Elliot Gould, being a young actor, was like, that's unprofessional, I could never do that. Uh, and mm. stayed on the movie, and then later on said, that was a huge mistake. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't think that Elliot Gould was getting anything out of this. Really? Aside from his paycheck. This movie is definitely weird, uh, but no, most of the time when we talk about weird, we're talking about... Uh, outre, we're talking mm. about bizarre, we're talking about essentially creative. And this movie is not only un not creative, it's not imaginative, it's not interesting, it's not a movie. No. I also would not recommend Matilda. Mm -hmm. I think this is head and shoulders the worst movie we've covered. God, yes. Worse than Three Deva Dem. Yeah, I would rewatch Three Deva Dem twice before I'd watch this again. Yeah. And Three Dev and Dem was a fucking slog. It was a fucking slog, but at least it had pretty decent fight scenes. At times. At, at times, times. At times. Um, uh, something I wanted to clarify earlier when I was bringing up. Normally, I vet a movie pretty far in advance. Sure. I did not do that with this one. I was just sold. Elliot Gould. Boxing Kangaroo. That's all I needed. Right. I and then like, we saw the Google images of move, pictures from the movie and were like, even more sold. Yes. Uh, I never thought it was... Going, I guess I never thought it was going to be good, just because no. who the fuck has heard of this movie? No. And also look at that kangaroo. Right. But, yeah. So if I had watched this in enough time to call an audible, I probably would have been like, you know what? Let's save this for when we're really scraping the bottom of the barrel. Right, yeah. But, again, the weird bona fides are Elliot Gould, boxing kangaroo. Right. That's what qualifies it. There's also some other weird shit I'm going to bring up once we start talking about the movie proper. There are some bizarre connections that this movie has. I will say this now. Okay. While this movie is dog shit, not the very end, but the ending portion leading up to the very end, mm -hmm. I actually found kind of effective. I'm going to hard disagree, but sure. I was... <laughs> there have been many times we've started an episode with me saying, absolutely not, and you saying, but maybe, and then we get to the end, and I'm turned around. So maybe you'll turn me around about the last whatever, how many minutes of Matilda. This is a hard sell. <laughs> okay. Okay. I wasn't going to fight hard, but now I feel like I have to. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... I'm giving this episode the stakes this movie doesn't have. <laughs> 
So we'll get into talking about Matilda proper. Yes. By the way, obviously don't watch this movie. Yeah. Be careful because we're about to spoil Matilda. But go on Google image search, search Matilda kangaroo movie. Yeah. And just look at this monster. Look at it. This was made in 1978. Now, here's something that confused the shit out of me. Okay. I assumed this was a children's movie. Yeah. Or at least a family picture. Because, again, it's about a fucking boxing kangaroo. Right. Also, it's rated G. Yes, but rated G in the 70s was different than rated G. Okay. Uh, rated G in the Back later. then, things were just rated G if they had Elliot Gould in them. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Rated G for solid Gould. <laughs> solid Gould. <laughs> Do you think... I wish Elliot Elliot Gould had to be on SNL one time and they did a of sketch course. with the solid Gould dancers. <laughs> or Gouldfinger. <laughs> this is not a children's film. And even the first time I watched this movie I tried to watch this movie before I had to take notes on it to give it a fair shake. Mm-hmm. Got through about an hour and was like, I get the gist. Yeah. <laughs> but I was watching it, I was like there's nothing in this movie that a child would enjoy. Like, not even getting it then. It's only it's only once I went on Wikipedia and was like, there's no mention of this being a children's film. Mm-hmm. That makes sense in a way that's inexplicable. Like, yeah. this should be a children's film. Yeah. It, it makes... But it, it makes sense it's not made for a kid, but it also doesn't make sense because who was it made for? Yeah, I guess maybe high people in the seventies, like, <laughs> like Which I think was most people in the seventies. Yeah, this is based on a novel. Yes, by Paul Gallico, who also wrote the Poseidon Adventure. Yes, I read some reviews. Apparently, the book is way better. It, Almost has to be. Yeah, <laughs> I hope it's told from one. I hope it's written like a Cormac McCarthy novel. And the behemoth drew back its arm. And- that the make, blow struck like God's wrath. That makes sense because there is a theme at the end of the movie that the presence of a boxing kangaroo holding the title championship is a <laughs> is a threat to humanity's very existence as the dominant species on this planet. So that action... Oh my God. <laughs> Werner Herzog's Matilda. I want to see the baby. What if a kangaroo <laughs> could box a man? <laughs> By his own rules. <laughs> there is no rules that says a dog cannot play basketball. So in this movie, there is a horrifying kangaroo suit that words cannot do justice to. Yeah. Except to say that they included balls on this suit. Right. And around this time, we've we've spent enough time jawing that if you've decided to follow Brad's instruction to Google image search this kangaroo, you're now looking at this uh, Hopefully you scrolled go. down far enough to see the full body picture. The full body picture with them, see the balls. with them balls. And if you haven't yet, this is your cue to scroll down farther. I know you saw the eyes and the ears and you're like, oh God, oh God, I'll never recover. Like, why am I getting image search results for the dog man from The Shining? Right, yeah. Scroll down further and now you can see its balls. Again, what? what is the, what is, why? Why? Balls. Why? Like, 
Again, if it were a children's movie, those balls would not be present. Right. Even though, even though if they were, I would be fine with it. Sure. Because it's just nature. It's just nature. Children, some children have balls. Some children have balls. It's true. And also, uh, Miyazaki uh, made a children's movie involving a bunch, I think it was called... Tanuki? Yeah, involving Tanuki with their gigantic inflatable shape-shifting balls. It's just nature. It's It's just just biology. But at the same time, why? (laughs) Why? Like that's that's an insane decision. That it's like I don't I don't understand it. So like it, the at the end of the day, this movie could be a masterpiece. It's not. It is certifiably not under any circumstances a masterpiece. It could have been, and the movie would still suck because this kangaroo suit is so awful. Yeah. Even if this were directed by Steven Spielberg, if this were directed by well, no, uh, Shion Sono could probably have made this work. But no, oh anybody God. else, <laughs> anybody else, it still would have fucking sucked because this kangaroo suit is the worst. It's absolutely awful. I have seen movies from the 1930s with gorilla suits more convincing than this kangaroo suit. It's you unsettling can... to watch the person inside of it move around because it's like, it's not like tight against their body like no. skin is supposed to be. It's like they're in a fucking potato sack race. Exactly, it's like like a fucking potato sack race. Arms they use their arms like a human, like a human. Kangaroo arms are are like little T Rex things. They're like barely functioning on their on their body, and this thing is like full human sized forearms. Yeah, the kangaroo doesn't move like a kangaroo. It no. moves like a person in a fursuit. So whenever you're watching, uh, what was the name, the Buddy Baker or whatever, the owner of Billy the Baker. Billy Baker. When you're watching Billy Baker walk around, you're not thinking, oh, there's cute Billy Baker with his cute pet. You're thinking, there's Billy Baker and his strange boyfriend. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's so upsetting it every is. second. It is. And again, but I just, why include the balls? That's, that's what I need to know. <laughs> like, was this a producer was like, like this was their kink like maybe like nah you gotta put the balls on or maybe it was a demand by the author maybe it was in the book that like this kangaroo had super noticeable balls super noticeable balls granted for most of the movie you don't see them true yeah once the climax comes you're gonna see them balls well yeah yeah i mean what you can't have a kangaroo climax without balls yeah yeah Oh man! <laughs> you ever see that Jasper No film, Kangaroo Climax? No. <laughs> I hope I said his name right. I probably didn't. I don't. I wouldn't know either way. By the way, this suit that looks like dog shit mm-hmm. costs thirty thousand dollars. Somebody pulled off one hell of a con. Yeah, so- <laughs> like I feel like. I feel like they, much like Billy Baker does in this movie, like just look through the newspaper and it's like, uh, seamstress, great. Right, um, yeah. No, it's, no. It's, it's like Fantastic Four when they just hired out some effects house and they were like giving them all this money and then the effects came back and it was the effects in the Fantastic Four movie. It's like community theater does better than this. God. High schools do better than High, this. Yeah, no, you can you can literally see. You can't even say that they added the balls for realism because you can see the seams yeah. in the outfit. There are certain shots when the head's moving around and you can see like the different folds of fabric and not moving with the rest of the outfit. A producer or a critic or somebody that I read about identified something that I didn't notice when watching it, but I realized later on they never figure out 
how they they have mechanics in the head yeah. of the kangaroo to operate the eyelids and the ears, mm. and they never figure out how to make it work properly until the ending of the movie. Yeah. The rest of the movie, they're clearly not n- knowing what they're doing. <laughs> the actor is literally falling over himself in shots, and they just left it in because nobody gave a shit except for Elliot Gould, who was too young and stupid to know better. Nobody gave a shit about this movie. Right. Yeah. I will bring up someone who is great in the movie, but that person did not give a shit. They're just great. Yes. Yeah. No, no, they are great. By the way, in today's money, $30,000 is $130,544. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So the movie opens like a sitcom. Yeah, it has shots. Of, <laughs> it has shots of New York and this fucking terrible Pat Boone song, uh, which it, I don't know. I the song should have been about a fucking boxing kangaroo. Why? Yeah. Instead, it it's, should have been. It's like a love song about when I'm with you, I'm feeling good. And there's this another reason I thought it was a children's film. Yeah, is because this song one is very upbeat and shiny and like it's fucking pat boone if you know who that is and if you don't you're not missing out pat boone is essentially a genre in of himself pat boone is like if you dipped white bread into water Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. that flavor Mm -hmm. like barry manilow but whiter yeah like if people find perry como too edgy (laughs) it's like we don't listen to that satan music in this house right right yeah listen to pat boone and the osmonds But there's another. There's also a little children's part in this movie where they go la 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 la. It's it's an awful song. It's awful. It's a dumb love song that the movie's going to be a dumb love story for whatever fucking reason. Oh, one of the worst love stories. It's so yeah. It literally is. You know that meme? Still a better love story than Twilight? Not, Not this in one. this case. In this case, you'd be better off watching and or reading Twilight. As the credits end, we see an older man bike to, I assume it's pronounced Lee's Pub, spelled like a lie, but his Mm -hmm. name is Billy, so. Sure. Which has a shingle featuring a boxing kangaroo. As he enters, he addresses the camera, inviting us in. Before that, he addresses the kangaroo sign, giving it the pingu sound, which I found upsetting. He introduces himself as Billy Baker, and this is his pub. He's also known as the Kid, or the Burmanese Kid, as Mm -hmm. the other... I think that's... I didn't look up what that means because I don't care. Sure, yeah. He's the former welterweight champion of the British Isles. And more importantly than that, he's Emperor Palpatine. He is. Yeah. Uh, this... I write his name down later. Clive Revel. Clive Revel, yes. In the theatrical release of Empire Strikes Back, he voiced Emperor Palpatine. Before Ian McDermott uh, took over the role. And uh, he is one of the better actors in the movie. He's good. He's yeah. very charming. He's extremely charming. Um, they don't give him anything to do, but he's 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 good with Who what he's got. Who the fuck has anything to do? Nobody, not not a single person. Oh, also they de- they debated whether or not to use a real kangaroo. I forgot to mention that. Yes, I saw that I, somewhere. I am thankful that they did not. Kangaroos are very dangerous animals. Kangaroos are extremely dangerous animals. Throughout this movie, they keep arguing that like putting a kangaroo in a ring with a person to fight is animal cruelty. And, I mean, it and, is. In my, it is animal cruelty. But in my brain, I'm more worried every time that Matilda gets into a ring with another She is going being, to disembowel that man. He is going to, because Matilda's a gent. Matilda's a gent. Uh, is going to absolutely moiterize him. because They have very sharp, I don't know if they're claws, nails, what you would call them on their feet. Pointy bits. Yeah. Yeah. And they can just, it's not safe. Like, 
You can look up on YouTube plenty of videos of drunk assholes going out to try and pet a kangaroo and the kangaroo just fucking annihilating them Kimbo Slice style. It's insane. But the greatest fighter, even though he was the champ, the greatest fighter he ever went against was Matilda, a boxing kangaroo. Mm -mm. He says that Matilda's fighting ability was a gift from God. <laughs> yes. That's what God does with his time. <laughs> That's exactly what God does with his time. If you've ever prayed mm -hmm. and what you prayed for did not happen, yeah. that's because God was busy in a celestial forge crafting a boxing kangaroo. <laughs> is it only boxing kangaroos or is he just like sort of roll two dice and it's like what animal and what human ability am I going to give it? <sighs> okay, this today I'm giving Air Bud the ability to play basketball. Tomorrow I'm giving Matilda the ability to box. Maybe. I hope so. I hope mm -hmm. he otherwise it's just gonna get stale. Like yeah. he's gonna get bored with his work. Right, 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 right. He's he's gotta he's gotta keep it It's gonna get sloppy. It's gonna like they won't yeah. gotta play with he's, he's gotta, gotta play make with rocks stuff. too big for himself to lift. Right, right. Well he's working himself up to that. Yeah. He hasn't gotten there yet. Another reason I thought this was a children's film, just mm -hmm. to digress shortly, is yeah. there's a lot of boring dog shit seventies children's films. I have I don't think I've seen a lot of children's films from the seventies. You have any examples? Uh the Shaggy Dog. Mm. Or was that sixties? It could be either one. I don't know. Either way, that movie sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah. you, Shaggy Dog. 60s Disney live action was not a great time for the company. No. It was not a great time. And resulted in Walt Disney's dying words being Kurt Russell. Not a joke. <laughs> By the way, this, this, religious ass, this religious core of the film <laughs> is going to return later when we once again touch upon the fact that Matilda is God's most miraculous work. I I don't remember this coming back, but I, I can't wait to hear I'll about it. I'll point it out. Yeah. And we flash back in time, God knows how many years, 70, 80. Sure. We flash back to, to when Billy and Matilda arrive in America. Ah, oh, it's an immigrant story. Like Godfather Part 2, some sections. <laughs> Dude. Uh, yeah. Well, well, we'll get to the Godfather connections in a minute. Matilda... Horrifying Matilda with his balls seems to <laughs> seems to just immediately tackle a man. Well, let's so most of the time when you are introducing the title character of your movie, you want some sort of cinematic fanfare. Yeah, you want the camera to impress upon the audience that this character is important. You wanted a Russ Meyer low angle shot of these kangaroo balls. <laughs> Exactly. No. Just like, looming over the camera. The the famous shot from Dr. No, where we cut back to James Bond, uh, we cut to Sean Connery just coming out of a billowing cloud of cigarette smoke saying, Bond, James Bond, introducing himself to the film audience, a movie that came out a decade before this film came out. Movies are not just shot like so flat and boring like this. In this movie, Matilda just shows up in this flashback yeah. next to to Billy next to Billy with no fanfare no introduction whatsoever and is just as you said just suddenly assaulting a random new yorker and like this is one of the most unsettling movements that Matilda makes yeah. not because he's assaulting some random person right but because again the arms are like normal human arms yes so it's this man in this gross kangaroo suit and also reaching out like a mummy and just 
falling on this man. Right, and it's not made at all clear. Later on, Billy will say, oh, he was just, like, trying to greet the man. Yeah. But, like, what I, I don't... He know. doesn't do that to anybody else. He doesn't do that to anybody else. There's no consistent thing. And also, because this scene is, like, a big helicopter or crane shot going down to them on the street with the kangaroo hopping around, this is one of the scenes in which the balls are the most prominent. Yeah. And then we just see him, like, glomp a random New Yorker with his balls. All we're thinking about is the balls. It's it's insane. Like, it's one of the most insane details I've ever seen in a movie. <laughs> it's just... It's so strange and not good. It's so not good. <laughs> this feels like a movie that like came from a pitch by Colonel Kurtz. Like you when must, he's just you when must he's fake a friend of horror. <laughs> like he's just when he's like rambling. Like in the beginning yeah. when they play the tape of like him reciting. Uh, I think it's an Elliot poem. It's just this Elliot stream- Gould poem. Ooh, T. S. Elliot Gould. T. S. Elliot Gould. He's fascist, but he's also fun. <laughs> I, I could almost like see it as like sort of Dennis Ho- Dennis Hopper's character from that movie as well. Just you don't understand, man. He's a kangaroo, and he's got he's got balls. He's got testicles, but his name is Matilda with an exclamation point. <laughs> a woman faints, and Matilda is dragged away to dog jail, <laughs> as Billy calls it twice. Not the pound. Nope. Dog, dog jail. jail. Because oh man, I love a show called Dog Jail. <laughs> Pound Puppies was your favorite show as a kid. Mm, no, this would be this would be on HBO. It'd be like oh. it'd be like Oz. <laughs> okay, but only if J.K. Simmons plays one of the dogs. Sure, he pre- <laughs> and, probably would anyway. And it's going to be sh- done like Matilda, where it's going to be people in dog costumes. Oh no! Oh my God! Okay, have you ever heard of Super Pup? I. Th- Think so. I think I've seen the box art. The okay. So just just for people who don't know about it, if you want if you want more horrifying animal costumes, George Reeves, the guy who played Superman in the 1950s Adventures of Superman TV show, famously uh, killed himself. Either killed himself or was killed. It's never been fully established, but he, he definitely killed himself. They were left without a star of their show, and they had multiple different ideas for how to keep making the show regardless. One of them was to rebuild the same sets, but smaller, and have little people in animal costumes go around and do the same kind of shit they used to do on Adventures of Superman, but as dog people. And it was called The Adventures of Super Pup. They shot an entire pilot for this idea... And that exists, and it's horrifying. Sounds like something we should cover. Probably should. Then, for whatever reason, Billy is reading Variety. (laughs) Of all the... Like, I guess it sort of makes sense because he's trying to break into show business with Matilda. Sure, why not? But at the same time, like... Variety... Like, and this is his solution to break Matilda out of dog jail... Oh, I better go check the trades. <laughs> yeah, normally you want your your star attraction out of prison before you get them into show business. Yeah. Like, an agent is probably not going to listen to you past, well, my star is in jail. And thankfully, for whatever reason, Variety is carrying a advertisement for a small-time local talent agency called Book with Bernie. I so, would definitely trust that. So Billy goes there. Yes. Uh, because that's what the script says to do. Right. I wish Billy would just randomly go, Why am I why am I doing this? 
I, I wish that there I was I gotta get my Rue out of dog jail. I wish that there was a reason for anything that happened in this movie. This, this, And this is another problem with the movie. There's no thought to where the most interesting part of the story would be. It would be start. the fucking boxing kangaroo, but that's what the movie does not give a shit about. The movie gives no kind of a shit about the boxing kangaroo. But the better opening of the movie is not Billy at his pub talking about talking about this crazy kangaroo. The logical opening for the movie is this scene yeah. where we have booking with Bernie like this this oh he's down in his luck talent agent and then this kooky Irishman comes in and is like hey, you got to help me you got to help me get Matilda out of dog prison dog he, jail dog jail <laughs> Matilda has not yet been convicted and sent to dog prison. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Dog jail. And then you get to the relationship between Bernie and this weird ass kangaroo is the heart of your movie. But instead, uh, no, I guess. At book with Bernie, a crusty sub Ernest Borgnine man <laughs> is all crotchety on the phone, and his prize fighter Lee Doherty eats a sandwich. Uh, the 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 sub Ernest Borgnine man. Yeah, I love that. Uh, his name is Pinky. He's played Pinky by- Schwab. Pinky Schwab, he's played by Lionel Stander, and his voice is like if Burgess Meredith and Lawrence Tierney had a baby. Yeah. It is the most gravelly sandpaper voice, and it is one of my biggest sources of entertainment throughout the film. <laughs> it was just listening like, wow, how much more gravelly can he get? Oh my god, it got even gravelier! I can't imitate the voice without permanently damaging my vocal cords. Oh, uh, one last thing. Lionel Stander played Cup, the best character from Transformers the movie. Okay. Yeah. Did he transform into a cup? Uh, sadly, no. Oh, did he transform into, like, the penis kind of cup? That protects your balls? Matilda's balls? Yes, yes, he did. Yeah, definitely. I actually do not remember what Cup transformed into. (laughs) And Elliot Gould is... Pitching an act over the phone. It's a mm-hmm. knife throwing act that includes fireworks and the American flag and sounds pretty damn entertaining. Yeah. But for whatever reason, the person he's pitching it to hangs up. Absolute fool. Absolute fool. We find out that not Ernest Borgnine <laughs> is Elliot Gould's brother in law, which is odd because they seem to have a 50 year age difference. Yeah. Pinky I, Schwab is on death's door. <laughs> I had a I had a thought, by the way. There's there's a lot of, there's discourse recently about uh the a term that has been become to be realized as very derogatory yes gay voice okay i suggest that when referring to that kind of voice as a descriptive word that would be much less offensive we call it elliot gould voice okay i guess yeah. i can see that yeah i, I you feel like you're don't insulting elliot gould now no, which I absolutely take personally absolutely not as my godfather <laughs> Elliot Gould is fantastic. If my parents die, I have to go live with Elliot Gould. <laughs> Elliot Gould is unquestionably fantastic, but he has that No, voice. I understand. He has yeah. a bit of a lilt to his voice. He has a bit it's of a lilt to his voice. Very melodic. It's very melodic. It's fantastic. It's like a xylophone. So now, instead of, of potentially marginalizing and and insulting people who people who don't need that shit... You are complimenting them by comparing them to this incredibly dynamic and fantastic movie star. You've probably seen Elliot Gould. Uh, if you've seen the original MASH film, he mm-hmm. was Trapper John. Mm-hmm. He's in the Oceans movies as the guy in the bathrobe. <laughs> he is in the terrific film that I need to rewatch, The Long Goodbye. Mm-hmm. He's been in a ton of things. Uh, Elliot Gould is, is fucking fantastic. And again, he... Not in this film. 
because it's a shitty boxing kangaroo movie. He is trying, God bless him. He is, he is really trying. trying. And as he said it, as he himself said, that was a mistake. But yeah. like he, he is definitely trying. And there are scenes where he almost manages to be charming. And this introduction scene is one of those scenes. Yeah. Like I would have absolutely bought this fucking knife act from him just oh, based totally. on his own enthusiasm alone. Also, Gould, who is the Bernie from Book with Bernie, mm-hmm. owes Pinky money. And we also, bizarre detail that goes nowhere, find out that Pinky abuses Bernie's sister. Did. She's dead now. Oh, is she? I did not catch that. Yeah, he abused her, and now she's dead. We do find out that Elliot Gould was an orphan, which is why Pinky took him under his wing. Uh, (laughs) The whole relationship seems way more complicated than this movie is willing to get into. Yeah, I assume in the book, like, there's characterization and Um, deeper... Apparently, the book opens with the f- the exhibition fight that Matilda has at the carnival at the at the carnival so for all we know all of this is original material possibly yeah oh man that's why I didn't get it was too much original material to get best adapted screenplay oh no you know missed it by that much they argue about boxing and whether Lee who is the heavyweight champion of the world is washed up because mm-hmm. Pinky keeps having him dodge fights. This is a... Why the fuck is the heavyweight champion of the world being managed by this low-rent crust ball in this shitty little office that doesn't even have separate rooms? We find out later that Pinky is connected with the mafia, which, you know, makes sense. A lot of boxing is tied in with, with That's actually a big part of this movie's quote-unquote plot. Movie. But at the same time, like, you would think the Mafia would be able to set him up in some better digs. Yeah, or at least be giving him more money for doing this. But yeah, Elliot Gould or Bernie, I always called him Elliot Gould because why the fuck wouldn't I? But uh, Bernie makes the point that boxing is, nobody gives a shit about boxing anymore. And that has only become more true as time has gone on. Yeah, absolutely. And they shouldn't because boxing sucks. I appreciate just... The baseness of boxing. Just just two guys hitting each other. Right, right, right. There's something great about the purity of that. I I guess. I I grew up a fan of like ultimate fighting, and I just think that that's way more strategically interesting than boxing. But uh, yeah. Even, Even kickboxing is more interesting. You have more things to hit with. In walks Billy. Billy tells Bernie about Matilda. Mm-hmm. This is where we learn that Matilda is a he. Yes. And he is a boxing kangaroo and the greatest boxer in the world and like a son to Billy. Which uh, began to spin my wheels as to why the detail that Matilda is a boy. Well, I assume that they built the costume first and were like, oh no, we added ball. It just seems like such an odd detail uh, to, and what, did they... My only, the only thing I can think of is it's like, either it's animal misogyny where it's like, there's no way a lady kangaroo could become heavyweight champion of the world. (laughs) A boy kangaroo, sure. We missed out on a feminist masterpiece because of the short-sightedness of these assholes. Or it's a thing where it's like, it's rude to hit a lady, Uh even if it's a lady kangaroo. 
Right, right. But then the other question is, why name the fucking thing Matilda? I can only assume it's a reference to Waltzing Matilda, which we hear at the end. Um, yeah, yeah, because I think the tagline in at least one of the countries was like, Boxing Matilda or something. To sure. To, as, as an attempt to connect with that. Bernie and Billy go to get Matilda out of dog jail. Mm-hmm. The... Which is being presided over by the bus driver from the first Friday the 13th movie. Or oh, fun. Sorry, the truck driver. And the uh, the dog catcher man, the dog warden. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the fuck this desk clerk is supposed to be. I'll call him the dog warden. I like that one. But he gives them shit like, oh, kangaroo, we got a bunch of kangaroos. And it's like... Just needlessly mean. It's just like, do you want us to get the kangaroo out of here? <laughs> Do you, you, like, what What the fuck is, why are you giving me shit about this? Do you want the kangaroo to stay here? What the fuck, dude? And You says, have enough maybe, problems with Crazy Ralph. You don't need the kangaroo here. And they said, uh, he said, maybe she was gassed. Yeah, and, like, even then, like, somebody, when someone finally admits that the kangaroo was there, he's like, I'm gonna gas her in a minute. Yeah. Like, it's, it's. They really Jesus. hate this kangaroo. They, they don't just hate the kangaroo. They hate, they hate Billy and Bernie in particular. They are just mean asshole people. Now, again, more interesting movie. We never see Matilda on the inside. <laughs> we like, don't know, I wanna, I we don't know s- what Matilda had to do to survive. I'm just saying, like, it sounds like at least the fucking wardens hate this kangaroo. Yeah. Good luck joining any race-based gangs. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Thank God. Oh, my God. And because Matilda's such a good fighter, this would be... Yeah. A- this could be an awesome movie. Put Keanu Reeves in that suit. <laughs> Put fucking Eco Uvice. Sony Chiba is Matilda. <laughs> <laughs> we kept talking and calling him a fucking. <laughs> <laughs> we kept calling him a fucking animal. Yeah, <laughs> it just goes in. And... But another better movie mm-hmm. would be if this became a legal thriller. Oh Jesus! And it was like Christ. a race against the clock. They had to, they had to get the case together and make the appeal before Matilda was on. Matilda's on death row. Oh no! Instead of a talent agent, uh, Elliot Gould is like this hotshot lawyer who's been disgraced by a recent failure, and now he's he's got to protect, defend this guy, and he's like trying to figure out how to make his career work. But in the end, it becomes more about the little guy fighting against the system, mm. fighting against the man. Still doesn't win an Oscar because the suit still sucks. But hey, it got close. They- this kangaroo was a gift from God. You must let him fight. You're out of order. The whole system's out of order. We do get a mildly funny line from Gould, mm-hmm. who says, who is telling him, like, yeah, this kangaroo's like a son to this man. If this man's son was gassed, we're going to sue. <laughs> While they're talking, some random lady who's there just... Yep runs in, grabs the football of their cause, and just runs all the way with it. You'd think she would have been more aware, like, hey, there's a kangaroo in dog jail. You would think. Because apparently she just hangs around there and then takes up random people's causes all the time. She works with the SPCA? Yes. Her name is Kathleen. Mm -hmm. And Kathleen's real happy to spring this kangaroo, is okay with a man owning a kangaroo in an urban setting, right? but is not okay with the boxing thing. Yeah, she, which makes sense. It's it's boxing a kangaroo in real life is not a good thing. No, and and it it I it doesn't make sense that she's okay with someone owning a kangaroo, but it does make sense that she wouldn't be okay with the boxing. Absolutely. To which Elliot Gould has the great observation that anyone who cares about animal rights only does so 
because there's something missing from their lives mm. and they're empty and hollow on the inside because he's the protagonist. Yes. And we like him very much. Bernie and Billy go to a boxing gym. Billy gets into the ring with Matilda and take, gets hit, takes a hit to the face. Mm-hmm. The crowd loves it! Yeah! Another boxer gets in and is knocked out of the ring in one punch. Then another. Bernie makes a call to a client to pitch him on the roux and puts up $500 if any man can go two rounds with this kangaroo. It's here that we start to realize how much the movie does not give one-tenth of a shit about Matilda. Because during all this scene, the scene that, as we're describing it, you're imagining something really fun. You're imagining, oh man, this burly guy's gonna come up, and oh no, he got hit! And this burly guy's gonna come up, oh no, he got hit! After Matilda is barely ever in the frame, no. whenever anything is happening, and even a and after the interaction with Elliot Gould and he goes off to the phone, everything else that Brad just mentioned that happens with Matilda happens in the far, far background, out of focus, yeah. while we focus on Bernie making a phone call. Even in shots when it is Billy and Matilda together, the camera almost entirely crops Matilda out of the frame, basically treating the character as if it were a, a prop. Now, I understand not wanting to show off this suit. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like, I think they realize, like, oh, no! <laughs> but you're showing the suit anyway, so... Yeah. What the fuck Give is the point? Give us something fucking interesting to watch. Yeah. It's a movie about a goddamn boxing kangaroo. I want to see this kangaroo box. Right. Right. They leave, and the ca the cabbie whose cab they get into is close with a big sports writer named Duke Parkhurst. They recruit the cabbie, Gordon, and cut him into their deal so he can do... What? <laughs> and then in one I suppose it's just like incentive, like, hey, hook us up with Parkhurst. Right, yeah. Uh, but what does he get out of it? Parkhurst or Gordon? Gordon. Gordon, they give him points on Matilda. They give him points they, on Matilda? They give they cut him in for a percentage of the profits. Oh, for a second there, I thought they were opening a Matilda rewards program. No. And then follows one of the most bizarre filmmaking moments in the movie where they cut Gordon in on the deal. Yes. And then this wild circus music starts playing as we cut back and forth between entirely innocuous and bland shots of Billy, Bernie, and Gordon, Gordon all just sort of blandly smiling while this hyper-energetic, crazy calliope of music is playing for what felt like five minutes, but it was probably only 30 seconds, but it felt like five fucking minutes to me as we just kind of cut between them with this wild dervish playing in the background. I didn't even notice it. I felt like I was going insane. Here's what I did notice. Okay. In the back seat, Gordon and Matilda are like cuddling. A Billy and Matilda. Billy and Matilda. Yeah. Sorry. It's all right. No, Gordon got out of the front seat. <laughs> Laid a brick on the gas pedal. Wait, like, wait. I need to cuddle that roux. <laughs> wait, who is driving? Oh no, kangaroo is driving. How can that be? So Billy and Matilda are cuddling. Yes. And because it's not like an actual kangaroo, it's a man in a kangaroo suit. Yeah. Wrapping his arm around Billy. Oh God. I was like, I'm, they fuck. <laughs> like starting this, I was like, I'm not going to make the obvious joke that they fuck. Right. But it sure seems like they fuck. It definitely seems like they fuck. I was like, I started out the movie. And I was like, no, no, this is just weird because mm -hmm. of the nature of it. But it's not sexual. No, no, no. They fuck. Also, 
there there's even uh, there's even a gay joke made about Matilda later on. We'll yes, s- but we'll see. We'll see that. Uh, also, I put I noted the unmoving soulless eyes of Matilda. Yeah, they're a bit like big old glass stuffed animal eyes from the seventies. It is a horror to look at. Burning goes to talk to a lady playing a piano in a lounge or private club. We're not told. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The movie doesn't care. Why should you? And this is maybe Bernie's girlfriend. Maybe who it, wants to be a big time singer. It is a, it is essentially like the scene from The Sting when he meets his when Robert. Redford goes to visit his stripper girlfriend there. Sure. It's basically the same scene, note for note, except for, you know, way cheaper and bad. You're talking about the sting. <laughs> yes, yes, the sting. The much worse boxing kangaroo movie. There isn't even a boxing kangaroo in the movie. Oh, man. Uh, Bottom five, bottom just for that. Bottom five, bottom five. This is Tanya. Mm-hmm. Bernie apparently also is her agent. Mm-hmm. And he pitches Matilda as their way to the big time. Also, while you're looking up images on uh, the internet, while you're listening to this, uh, Tanya Six is played by Roberta Collins, mm-hmm. who has one of the most badass IMDb profile pics oh, I've yeah. seen in a while. She was in a bunch of women in prison movies in the 70s. She was Matilda the Hun in Death Race 2000. She was Matilda the Hun? Yes. Here's where Bernie gets the $500 that he's going to put up for the bet with Matilda. Mm-hmm. Now, if this movie wanted to, like, not be bland as shit, Mm -hmm. they could really play up how sleazy Bernie is. Right. But the music and Elliot Gould's geniality Mm -hmm. and the lack of, like, any sort of characterization is just sort of like, wow, he's shitty, but I don't care because no one else seems to care or comment on it or recognize it. The movie doesn't have a point of view about him. No. It's, It's like what we said about The Street Fighter. In The Street Fighter, the movie clearly understands and wants you to understand that Tsurugi is a bastard, is a bad guy. Uh, this movie doesn't seem to understand whether or not... And Up had a clear point of view where it clearly thought that its horrible characters were good, actually. Uh, but this movie has no idea and doesn't care whether Elliot Gould's character is good or bad. It's, and I, mean, uh, he's, I would... Gr- he's clearly I w- bad. Oh yeah, he's, he's absolutely a bad. terrible person. But the movie doesn't care either way. But it's weird because later, surprise, surprise, he's going to have a good guy conversion. But since the movie never really treated him as a bad guy... Yeah, it's barely a conversion. It's really just he gets what he wants and is fine. Does he, though? We'll talk about this amazing ending. We'll talk about this amazing ending. Uh, but I will say, because of this, I... W- Another movie that I never thought I would want to watch again, I would much prefer to watch up five times before I would watch this movie again. Next, they need to get a boxing license from Wild Bill Wildman. Wild Bill Wildman. I feel ill. In order to get in good, Bernie dresses up like a cowboy, similar to how Wildman dresses. Yeah. This is apparently supposed to be funny? Comedy. I guess because Elliot Gould is not a cowboy usually. <laughs> Right, yeah. No, there is something, there is something, uh, It's I like guess, they were like, put him in a hat. Somewhat like, amusing about Elliot Gould attempting a southern accent. But again, he's barely doing it. Like, if he went yeah. big and broad and it was like... If there were any jokes in the scene, uh, except for one, which is the aforementioned gay joke about Matilda. Which we're Matilda. about to get to. Wildman points out that Matilda's a strange name for a boy. He must have been fighting all his life like a boy named Sue. Unless he's strange... 
Then in case you didn't get it, he says, you know what I mean? Strange. End of scene. Just abruptly cuts on that gem of a line. Gordon brings Duke Parkhurst, played by Robert fucking Mitchum, to the carnival. Robert fucking Mitchum is in this movie. And goddamn, I felt bad for us watching this movie. (laughs) That does not compare to how bad I feel for Robert Mitchum. For those who don't know, Robert Mitchum is one of the most iconic and respected actors potentially in Hollywood history. Yeah. Before the Robert De Niro version, he okay. was the main antagonist in the original Cape Fear. Also the antagonist in the Fantastic Night of the Hunter. Yes, which is where that whole right-hand, left-hand monologue from Do the Right Thing came from originally. Yes. He, he he delivered that before Radio Rahim could get his hands on it. Robert Mitchum, like a lot of old Hollywood stars, as he got older, had what we would call... Was been called in the modern day TikTokian parlance as bones days and no bones days. Occasionally he would get a script that he felt was worth his time and he would suddenly become the Robert Mitchum that we all knew and loved. Mm. And then a lot of the time, to pay the bills, he was working on movies like Matilda, in which he would have a lot of no bones days. Yeah. And I he think would he's just... still fantastic in this movie, just because of his presence and his voice. And Robert Mitchum is, is great. Yeah. But uh, you know Harrison Ford, when he doesn't give a shit? That's kind of the vibe. <laughs> That's kind of the Robert Mitchum vibe in this movie. All right. Just sort of like a lot of like... Yeah, well, let me go see this. Uh, oh, man, there's a boxing kangaroo on stage. Holy shit, I can't believe it. He just bought knocked out the champ. Oh, I my f- goodness. I feel like Robert Mitchum had it put into his contract that he would not be in a scene with the kangaroo. <laughs> That's true. He never shares a shot with no. the kangaroo. And <laughs> I feel like... I feel like it wasn't in his contract. They just knew if they got that suit too near to Robert Mitchum, <laughs> that some that some absolute Night of the Hunter violence was gonna be was gonna break out. Children. <laughs> but I forgot to mention that Bernie has also told Tanya to go on a date with Lee Doherty, the heavyweight champion of the world, mm-hmm. and we see that their date is bringing Lee to this carnival. I wonder what's going to happen. I wonder what's going to happen. This carnival where Matilda's boxing. <laughs> so, inside... This the- movie missed a step by not having Matilda's opening bout uh, within the world not be Matilda facing off against Bonesaw. Sure. Yeah. I mean... I know Bonesaw didn't exist before this movie, but I'm just desperately searching in my brain for anything to entertain me. Gotcha. Yeah. You want to see a kangaroo get suplexed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I want I want uh, a kangaroo, or at least a man in a kangaroo suit, to fight Bonesaw from Spider-Man the movie. That'd be great. Inside the boxing ring, a super 70s Alan Arbus looking man announces Matilda and he gets in and Matilda gets into the ring. Yeah. Here's the first time we hear Matilda make noise. <laughs> and you seem to have your own description of what Matilda sounds like. Uh, yeah. Newt, it, newt. it sounds like a combination between the Pingu noise newt, newt, and sex. It's like Pingu Ooh. making a sex noise. At first, I described it as a honk. Yes. Matilda sort of honks. Yes. And sort of like 
when you get a dog toy and you don't like really squeeze it, you just sort of half squeeze it like, yeah, that's pretty accurate. Like yeah. a little bit higher pitched, but I'm thinking of specifically like those origami animal dog squeakers. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah just yeah. like a half squeeze on one of those. Ooh. It's terrible. No, no, that's not what that sounds like Ooh. at all. No, no, Matilda does not sound like that. That would be even worse. But Matilda makes it's horrifying every time it happens. It's like, awful. Is is if is if the movie wasn't already intolerable enough. The announcer says that anyone who can go two rounds with Matilda without being knocked down will win five hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. And of course, because this movie is big about details, all contestants have to sign a waiver. Yeah, yeah. We really needed to know about that. Lee Dockerty, who is uh, in his cups, who's mm-hmm. a little bit drunk. He's a little bit, he's a little bit toasted. Challenges Matilda. Oh, by the way, I think this is the first... I don't know, maybe they mentioned it earlier. Okay. I wasn't paying a ton of attention during this movie. <laughs> but I here's where I realized that Lee is the heavyweight champion of the world. Right. Which, again, is confusing because he's... Managed by Ernest Crustman. Ernest, Cr- Ernest Krusty Crab. And uh, also, he's just like a weirdly lanky dude to be the heavyweight champion of yeah. the world. Just doesn't seem like... He, he seems like a welterweight at best to me. Okay. Yeah. Boxing expert Billy Martell weighing in. <laughs> <laughs> it's not every day I get to use this. This side of me. Matilda dodges the champ's punches and knocks him out with one punch. This fight lasts like... Five seconds. As do most fights with Matilda. And here's where I realize this is the movie Snatch. What is the movie Snatch? Okay, it's a Guy Ritchie movie. It was a second movie. In oh, it, yeah. Brad okay. Pitt plays an Irish traveler, I think is the preferred term. An Irish traveler, okay. Uh, it's a group of people. Oh, okay. But he knocks people out with one punch. Mm-hmm. And Jason Statham like recruits him as a boxer but he has to throw fights and he won't throw the fights and it, they get involved with like a British gangster and right, right, movie's right. pretty much snatch. Awesome. Okay. Because I'm, it, turn, I'm down. it turns out that Lee is owned, I guess like a slave. Sure. By a big mafia boss named uncle. No, no, just like in hard boiled, <laughs> the crime boss is an uncle. Yes. To all of his men. And he and, sits in front of a wall-sized copy of The Last Supper. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah. Again, the religious themes run deep. It's like the, a Scorsese this, this, movie. There's, there's, there's layers. There's layers to this movie. It's like an ogre. So, here's where we find out that No-No is not happy that Lee was knocked out, because that's his boy. That's this his boy. bad press. And he, not only was Lee knocked out, he was humiliated because... Matilda apparently kissed Lee <laughs> afterwards. Which would have been good to show that would have in been the like, movie. In your comedy movie, sure, show that. That's yeah. weird. And But also, very inappropriate of Matilda. <laughs> Maybe that's where Elliot Gould learned it. Because he's oh, going to force some kisses on some... He is going to force some kisses uh, later on in this movie. Also... Here's where I got a little confused because they were talking like Matilda was now the heavyweight champion of the world in this scene. Yeah, I was never clear on whether or not Matilda was or was not the heavyweight champion of the world going forward in this film. <laughs> but I guess he wasn't. I because guess Because then not. they had the title fight at the end. Because it's an exhibition fight, so the title right. probably wasn't on the line. Again, here's where it could have turned into a legal thriller. Sure. Put Matilda on the... Fi- 
on the stand. Yeah. <laughs> do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? What do you think uh, Matilda would ask to be swear, uh, sweared in, sworn in on? Uh, Outback Steakhouse menu? <laughs> Uh, the Marcus of Queen Bear- Queensberry rules. Oh, okay, yeah. Writing, of course, yeah. Which uh, we do learn that is how she was trained. Yeah, he. I'm sorry, he to follow the Marcus of Queensberry rules. Uh, Uncle No No, by the way, is played by Harry Guerardino, uh, who is in a couple of their Dirty Harry movies. Yeah, he enjoys. Uh, he seems to be enjoying chewing the scenery in his scenes. He's yeah. Uh, he also looks a lot like Eric Roberts. Yeah, no, he definitely, and I was like, he definitely oh. has a very Eric Roberts vibe. And I was like, oh, Eric Roberts would have been so good in this part. Well, he's not above being in horrible animal movies, as we know from A Talking Cat. So, yeah. like, he could absolutely be in the remake. Also, because I keep forgetting to mention it, the movie was directed by Daniel Mann, who uh, seems to be a very respected director. But the Yeah, only he thing did of... Tea House of the August Moon, worked with Brando. Okay, so apparently he has made some stuff of note that you recognize. The only thing that he made that I recognized was the movie Willard, which is oh. more famous for spawning a sequel, Ben, which was the inspiration for that Michael Jackson song that's more famous than any of the movies that we have ever talked about. Yeah. No, 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 Nono threatens to kill all of his mob goons the next time this kind of thing happens. Presumably mm-hmm. the next time a kangaroo knocks out the heavyweight champion of the world. <laughs> Every Thursday with this with this kangaroo nonsense. These guys would be on top of... They, they would all be the kings of New York if only kangaroos didn't keep knocking out the heavyweight champion of the world. Christopher Walken's King of New York, another terrible boxing kangaroo movie i thought i saw a boxing kangaroo in this one but it turned out it was just christopher walken Uh, color me disappointed next we see that pinky is kicking bernie out of the office resetting his desk into a hall into the hall i guess that's a joke i guess i i guess i think the joke is that bernie won't get off the phone while they're moving him out of the office oh yeah which is funny in theory. And Pinky warns Bernie that he's getting the wrong people mad. Bernie goes to meet Parkhurst, and Parkhurst tells Bernie that Lee is owned by Nono, and Parkhurst is trying to put Nono out of business because he's corrupting boxing, and I guess, sure, I guess that's going to be our reason for doing things. He asks Bernie if he's interested in helping him out, and Bernie says, is Rolls interested in Royce? Because Which prompted me to spontaneously yell, fuck off, at my TV screen. Uh, Parkhurst will make their act big, they'll do the fights, he'll write about them. Yeah, they are getting something out of it, it's not, it's not any kind of civic duty. And he also tells Bernie that he stands to make a million bucks. Right, right. Oh, also, the movie was written by the creator of Walker, Texas Ranger. So, a lifetime of mediocrity. So, they were like, how can I take the martial prowess of this kangaroo, (laughs) but portray it through a human? (laughs) There's only one man. There is only one man powerful enough and homophobic enough for me to make my show around. Get me, Mr. Bowflex. But first, Bernie has to take care of the SPCA lady. He has to take care of her because she's because uh, Robert Mitchum has figured out she's filing an injunction against them. Yes. Even though she hasn't been in the movie for a while now. Yeah, I mean, yeah. the movie's sort of like going through the time tunnel. <laughs> just sort of... We've watched some pretty long movies for the show either way. This movie's actually shorter than most movies we've cover felt like a million years so bernie decides the best way to do this is to gaslight the woman a bit Mm -hmm. he 
walks past her door one morning with many, many large dogs as she is about to walk her small dog. Bernie tries to sweet talk her. He compares Matilda's need to fight to sex drive. It's, it's, it really does feel like, and I know the movie is like trying to say that Elliot Gould is charming, and of course Elliot Gould is charming, Bernie isn't, uh, but it's trying to say that Bernie is charming and is trying to make it seem like he's some sort of Lothario here and is really getting to her. But the actress is not playing it like she's interested and also no he has nothing that he's doing is charming or attractive in any way no and it's also immediately transparent which again could be funny and interesting and an interesting character piece this could just be a movie about like this ineffectual idiot right who's like nothing he's he's thinks he's clever but he's not like a michael scott character who just like Uh, thinks he's so good but he's actually just the cringiest man alive sure yeah uh the spca lady is not moved there's lifeless banter bernie is bit by one of the dogs there's Mm -hmm. gonna be a running gag about a shoe in this movie that we're not gonna cover yeah Uh, fuck this movie yeah seriously here's where i notice noted sometimes i lob a grenade at billy (laughs) and this time i pulled the pin held it and told him to come look Is this movie our suicide pact? (laughs) I mean, depends on how this episode ends. (laughs) Uh, As if if Gould couldn't be any less charming. This movie is really putting our love of Elliot Gould through the ringer. Yeah. When she does not acquiesce to his demands in this scene, he tells uh, the cab drivers, Gordon, right? Who, like, drove there. Uh, He tells Gordon... Uh, she doesn't care about animals, really. She just, she's only filing this injunction and doing all this to get back at me personally. And, uh, you know, what a, what a charmer. What a, what an absolute gem. Yeah. What a gem of a human being. God. Uh. (laughs) Bernie gets Gordon to sell his cab and the crew hits the road with Gordon driving their van. Their van, which has a little fucking bubble for Matilda to look out of. Yes. Another thing about this movie that seems like... I, I think we actually saw that the picture of that like little pop-o-matic bubble I'm on not sure. Google Images when we were looking at it. And I remember thinking, great, the kangaroo has a kangaroo-mobile. <laughs> this movie's going to be awesome. That, if you can teach a kangaroo to box, you can teach a kangaroo to drive a car. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's got uh, big another, fucking forearms like that. Another better movie is that... like. It's about these people trying to exploit Matilda, and Matilda just becomes too powerful. Like <laughs> he can fight, he can drive. Oh no, he's got a gun. <laughs> and then they have to go back to the dog jail, and like you guys are the only ones who know how to take him down. You got him once, you can get him again. Get the gas. <laughs> But they go across the country having fight 'em ups. Mm-hmm. There's some heavy McDonald's product placement where they stop by McDonald's and they get uh, some Sundays for Matilda and some random children who are not screaming in terror. Well, and then, and then there here's two questions I have about this. The opening, not the opening, but the first fight, the exhibition fight. Yeah. They made a big deal about having to lie to get the boxing license mm-hmm. for Matilda. Are they lying in every state they go to? Are they making shit up every single time? Or has Matilda's fame spread so far and so wide that everyone's just chopping at the bit to allow this kangaroo to fight in their state? I don't know. 
I don't think the people who made the film know. Right. I don't think anyone cared. Sure. I think they were just like, yeah, Parkhurst did it. Yeah, exactly. The power of Robert Mitchum, ladies and gentlemen. And the power of McDonald's. The power of McDonald's. their delicious Sundays. Also, the movie, uh, two seconds ago, it was incredibly important, vital even, that Kathleen's injunction not happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, we really needed to make nice with Kathleen. Bernie failed to do that, and next thing we see is just them having a grand old time on a road trip. Yeah. So apparently, that was not important at all. In fact, there's a throwaway line in a couple of minutes where Kathleen just says, oh yeah, they, they rejected my injunction. So why was Robert Mitchum worried? Because nobody cared. Because you have to have some sort of conflict or an appearance of plot. It's, the, the, this the, movie is just Potemkin Village after Potemkin Village. <laughs> the appearance of plot. That's what this movie is. Yeah. The appearance of plot. So at the next location, the SBCA lady, Kathleen, has put up little banners about animal cruelty over Matilda's promotional posters Mm -hmm. at the venue. So anybody who would see them is Mm -hmm. already there and presumably has tickets. Doesn't seem like a great plan. Also, apparently she's the only person who works for the SPCA. Or the only person who cares. Yeah, because she's just like personally following them from town to town just to give them minor inconveniences like putting dumb stickers on their shit. Also a better movie. Just show us like make the movie about the road trip across country with this kangaroo and this motley band that has been cobbled together. Sure. Oh, oh no, the kangaroo has to shit and we're stuck in traffic. What are we going to do, you know? Yeah. Elliot Gould talks to her. They're in Oklahoma. Thanks for fucking telling us. <laughs> uh, Kathleen is doing her best to fight them at every turn and wouldn't you know it, her brother is the boxing commissioner for the state of California and their next fight is in Los Angeles. Oh, no. I don't care. Why is there not more Matilda? I'm here for Matilda. Right. Okay, here's where things get fucked up. Here's why this movie should not be rated G. Mm -hmm. At the hotel, Bernie commandeers a room service trolley and invades Kathleen's room. Yes. She has just come out of the shower. He tells her she's pretty, pours some champagne, drinks it, pours her one. She throws it in his face. In response, he forces a kiss on her. Multiple kisses. Well, hold on. She slaps him, Mm -hmm. and then he does it again and tells her not to scream because that's not friendly. What the fuck is this Bobby Peru shit? (laughs) Oh, God. It's even... it's, 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 It's so fucked up because he says the same sentence every time he he kisses her about it not being friendly to scream. He says the exact same sentence word for word... And I think he forces a kiss on her like three or four times and says the exact same sentence word for word every single time. It's like a Scientology brainwashing thing mixed with sexual assault. It's so fucking insane. It's so, like, it's... Here's the really fucked up thing about this movie. Because nothing matters and no one's trying Mm -hmm. while this should be like horribly upsetting it's sort of just like and it's upsetting to us because we're watching it in 2022 yeah but other than knowing that it's wrong i'm just sort of like okay yeah like i'm not i'm horrified but not because of any skill of the movie Mm -hmm. i'm horrified because no one seems to realize this is wrong. Right, yeah. No, the movie doesn't realize it's wrong. It's it's treated the same way as, well, 
James Bond raping a lesbian straight in Goldfinger. It's just treated as like, uh, oh, isn't that quirky and romantic? Like, it's just, no, it's not. It's assault. Bernie tries to guilt Kathleen that she's not worried about people. People like Billy, who is poor and only has an animal to exploit. Yeah, and this is the first time we've ever learned that Billy is not financially well. Yeah. Like, th- this is the first time we've ever learned that uh, that this is something that Billy needs to do or else he'll be destitute and, and starving in the streets. Another better movie, sort of like Midnight Cowboy, but with a man and his kangaroo just trying to survive on the mean streets in New York. I thought you were going to say the bike. Everybody is hopping at me. I thought you were going to say it's like the bicycle thief. With uh, sure. Billy and his bicycle going. Uh, Billy, Billy, Billy and his kangaroo going Someone around. Someone steals his kangaroo. Someone steals his kangaroo. Oh, no. Oh, no, my kangaroo. <laughs> and then he and his he and his kid, played by Elliot Gould, go around. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm imagining Elliot Gould like walking on his knees. Like in- what? Like in like in tip like Gary like Oldman in and tiptoes yeah. the the whole the whole month is coming together. Cut to the mob goons, the comedy mob goons plan to bushwhack Matilda. Matilda comes hopping by, I guess, on a training run with Billy. This is where they throw a net over Matilda. Oh, I didn't remember this scene. And there are hijinks. Uh, they try to free the one mobster who was trapped, but accidentally free Matilda. You don't remember it because it sucks. Oh, and there's okay. no point to it. All right. This is easily the worst movie we watch for the show. Mm-hmm. Later at a match, Matilda once again knocks a contender out with one punch. Yeah. The original One Punch Man. The, or- <laughs> the original One Punch Man. Also, we we don't get what you would imagine would be uh, for the road trip sequence. We just see them sort of driving around and seeing what cities they visit. Yeah. Once again, very little of Matilda. You would imagine that there would be like a montage of... of Ding, ding, ding. And then you see one guy fall yeah. over and another guy fall over and another guy fall over or something like that. Again, movies in the 1930s had perfected this style of montage. It's not like I'm ascribing modern day filmmaking techniques to a 70s film. No. I'm ascribing filmmaking techniques that were already very much around that they could have utilized. But instead, this is the first time we've seen Matilda Box since the exhibition yeah and it's exactly the same situation of just like dodge dodge one punch they're out mm-hmm. uh and so yeah what what the fuck next we move on to los angeles and bernie goes to talk to kathleen's brother bernie argues that matilda has knocked out lee doherty and 11 other men mm-hmm. but kathleen refuses to allow such a freak show to occur in california which I feel like a was a joke that was hilarious in the 70s and probably is still hilarious to people now yeah maybe Bernie shouts that he doesn't run this world because he doesn't own it. Yeah. And again, this could be a great moment. It's like, well, no shit, I don't own it. I'm a boxing commissioner. Like, just him just grabbing at anything to throw in his face. Like, Right. If the movie had, again, a point of view about Elliot Gould. Is Elliot Gould a scrappy little guy who's fighting against the man for the sake of his poor friend? Or is he a complete lunatic who just has delusions of grandeur? Pick a side, movie. Make me care either way. Holy shit. Back at the van, Bernie says, Take him to Herman Kaplan, a convenient friend who runs a big advertising agency. Yeah. Do we see a scene of those two talking? No. No. Instead, we just see Elliot Gould running out shouting, I did it! I did it! And Matilda's there with his balls out. Uh, (laughs) Here's where I... I got pretty confuddled. Mm-hmm. Uh, they booked Matilda on a television event where they'll fight. Yeah. But I, I never really understand what this is supposed to entail. He's going to fight Cyclone Jones, I think. 
I, I, but there's like a... Well, I'll get to it in a second. Yeah, I fully didn't understand this. Back at National Lampoon's Mafia House... <laughs> No-No gives a presentation about why kangaroos are superior fighters. I could explain this scene, but it's too convoluted and not funny. Yeah. This is where they where they talk about how they need to chop off the tail. Yes. Because that's gives the kangaroo an unfair advantage. Uh, I will point out that he, he, there seems to be some sort of implication that the kangaroo will fall over without its tail. And not just die. And not just die. Uh, kangaroo can get around without tails. Many kangaroos don't have tails. Really? I didn't yeah. know that. I did. I was curious, so I did the... I was definite... I was desperate to do anything but watch this movie. So while I was watching the movie, I was also looking up YouTube videos of kangaroos. Well... The, they're, one, these aren't bright mobsters. Yeah. And two, they didn't have the internet back then. That's very true. What are they, they going to go? To the New York Public Library and <laughs> get a kangaroo book? This might be the most incompetently made movie that has actors from The Godfather in it. Yeah. Including one of these mobsters, the one who's going to try and chop off the kangaroo's tail. Mark Antony. Is Luca Brazzi. Yeah. Is that Luca Brazzi? It's Luca Brazzi. Oh, I thought he looked familiar, but... Yeah. Yeah, he's Luca Brazzi from The Godfather, and the producer of this movie is the producer of The Godfather <laughs> and The Godfather Part 2. So, uh, your Godfather joke earlier, surprisingly prescient. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> and he plays a... He's about to try to carry out a hit on Matilda right now. Yeah. And I have to say, the sudden shocking brutality of just Luca Brazzi coming around the corner with a with a fucking fireman's axe getting ready to mutilate this kangaroo yeah was the most invested in the movie I had been in well since it started yeah yeah the kanga crew go to a hotel mm-hmm no no ups for that pun the kanga crew oh <laughs> no that was good I like it Bernie gets a note from Kathleen saying she's sorry the fight was called off. Why would she be sorry? Why would you, uh, it's it's just so fucking contri- it's not even contrived. Like it's just like we, we forgot to mention that this was set up by after he's done assaulting her and he leaves, she has a little smirk at the end of that scene like, "Oh, he's so cute." Uh so this is this is based off of that, where she's yeah, like... Because she wants to have dinner with him, you know, the man who assaulted her. See, she's really been following him around because she uh, likes him. You mm, see, Elliot Gould... She's pulling on his pigtails. Right. Elliot Gould's comment about no one really caring about animals is because, as we've established, the mov- the filmmakers do not care about Matilda. They don't care about animals at all. Animals no. are props in this movie, so they can't imagine that anyone in the audience or anyone in real life would ever care about an animal. Therefore, Kathleen does not care about animals. She yes. cares about that Elliot Gould dick. Here's where I ask, why is this happening? Why is this happening in my beautiful Elliot Gould boxing kangaroo movie? <laughs> you ruined it! You ruined everything! So Gould, Gould goes up to the SPCA lady's room. He brings her a rose. Are we supposed to want them to get together? What about the woman Gould was gaslighting, the piano lady, Tanya? Oh, she's far... She's absolutely gone from this movie at the minute that she was used to get oh no she does have one more scene she comes back she does come back in one more scene i forgot bernie tells bernie's pretending to be drunk he's trying to evoke pity tells kathleen that he's a loser and for some dumb reason she tells him he's not yeah and hypes him up yeah calls him great she mm-hmm. gives him a back rub yeah I fucking hate this movie i wrote the... and they're in love now i guess 
I put down a note, every moment in this movie is an insult to cinema. It's an insult to, like, the idea that they're portraying humans. Yeah. No, it's an insult to humanity. It's an insult to good taste. Some undeterminable amount of time later, <laughs> the two mobsters try to cut off Matilda's tail. Mm-hmm. One of them asks for her auto- his autograph. Yes. Why? No reason. Doesn't seem to be necessary to the plan because they already had their backs turned. Right. And if Billy hadn't stopped to wipe off, I guess they knew that Matilda gave autographs by putting his paw on an ink pad. And then, so they figured Billy would have to wipe the ink off, which. I thought the, if I was going to give any kind of compliment to anything in this movie, the ink pot pad paw thing for an autograph is kind of cute. I mean, what, granted, it's a fucking, I'm surprised they didn't just have the human grab it. Yeah, exactly. Like, given the way this movie has treated Matilda up until now, I wouldn't be surprised if they totally pulled that. And honestly, now that I think about it, it would have been far more entertaining if they did do that. Absolutely. So never mind. Fuck this movie again. The other mobster goes to chop off the tail, but... He hits the axe on a conveniently placed ladder on top of a van. Mm-hmm. The axe head goes flying and hits the other mobster in the head. And the axe mobster is hit in the face with Matilda's tail. The other mobster, by the way, is hit with the axe in a way that doesn't cut him at all. It's no. Just like a, it's just like a three, the... three stooges boing sort of thing. And, and again would have saved this movie if the axe head had just been like fully embedded in his skull <laughs> and we just got like I wish someone got killed in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Lone wolf and cub blood squirts. I wish Matilda just put his fucking rue fist through like I wish he was one punch man just like yeah. absolutely murdering motherfuckers. Can you imagine the like <laughs> like Ricky owing people. Exactly. Like that was they're like, oh man, this is why this is why animals shouldn't be in the ring with humans because he's just like absolutely eviscerating motherfuckers. He just fully skins a dude in one scene. Next we see I guess Matilda and Billy are doing some sort of like sketch on like maybe a talk show or something. No, it's the TV show that they that they booked. Why the fuck do they have a little skit? Why do they have a cold open again for this kangaroo boxing event? Again, I watched Walk Hard to Dewey Cox story way too closely to watching Matilda for me to take the scene. And then uh then after the dumb sketch is over where Billy is not a good actor even though in the voiceover he told us he did great. <laughs> unreliable narrator oh this is fight club <laughs> matilda first... and billy are the same people oh no first rule about fight club do not talk about the kangaroo uh matilda fights cyclone roberts a famous boxer who is quickly dispatched by matilda yes again lots of build up no action mm-hmm it's like an episode of Smallville. And Kathleen is also watching and is upset for some reason, even though presumably she knew. Bernie never said this wasn't going to happen. It doesn't fucking matter. I yeah. don't care. There are no stakes. None of the characters are people. It's just, I'm, God damn it. We're almost done, though. We are almost done. This is going to be a real short episode. <laughs> I am legitimately sad the movie is this bad. I know. Like, I wanted this to be good. Like, no, I knew I, it wasn't I, yeah. going to be good, but I was hoping it at least be entertaining in any aspect there is bad and there is so bad it's good yes the ed wood movies are famously so bad they're good and that's because while they are incompetently made the kind of incompetence on display 
is just genuinely entertaining in, yeah. in how earnest they are. The difference between a good, bad movie and a bad, bad movie more often than not, in my experience, comes down to the intent of the filmmaker. If the filmmaker was earnestly trying oh, to yeah. make a movie and just fucked up, there's something endearing about that, and there's something that makes you want to watch that movie and enjoy it, even if it's just for how bad it is. If the movie is made by some cynical fuck who is, again, trying to launder some some money uh, through the studio system, in in the case of, of, of a movie like this, and I would argue something like movies that I consider to be the worst movies I've ever seen, like uh, Man of Steel and Jerry Maguire, that's that's so much worse. It doesn't matter how much money you had in, behind the film and how much money you spent stapling a pair of random testicles to a horrible kangaroo costume. I don't think they were stapled. I think they were, like... Lovingly crafted. Yeah. Those are the only <laughs> things on the fucking Rue that look lovingly crafted. They look weirdly realistic on such a horribly unrealistic costume. But I also made a note of... Oh, by the way, do you want to hear my mashup of Man of Steel and Jerry Maguire? Absolutely. Show me the Christ allegory! <laughs> but here's the best possible version of this movie. Okay. If you're going to have this a nightmare suit... Right. Well, let me... Which before, is a, it's a, it's a big hurdle to get over for this movie. Granted, before I get into that, let me jump back. Okay. I'm not sad that this was not a good, bad movie. Mm -hmm. I just wanted a fucking boxing kangaroo movie, yeah. not this stupid Bernie movie. That's a good point. If this were just a movie, like, I didn't, like I said, I didn't expect it to be good because no one fucking talks about it, mm -hmm. but just give me a lot of a boxing kangaroo and I'll, I would have been content. Right. If this movie had, had just been like a really bad Beethoven movie. Sure. Or uh, an Airbud movie or whatever the fuck. Or an Airbud movie or whatever the fuck where you have like a good portion of the film is dedicated to showing this funky animal doing yeah. funky animal shit. That would be fine, but the movie is just absolutely allergic to giving us what we fucking want. Yeah. This fucking animal. <laughs> now, here's the best possible version of this movie. If you have this horrible-looking suit, yeah, this should have been a movie about a washed-up fighter, or like not a washed-up fighter because they still have to be good. Okay, but like a fighter who is blackballed or can't fight for whatever reason, mm -hmm. and this small-time talent agent, and maybe the Billy character's there for whatever reason as a trainer or whatever. Sure, you have the boxer dress up in this shitty costume, and it becomes like. Okay, you can't show your face, so get into this costume, and we're going to promote you as this boxing kangaroo, so you can fight. That sounds awesome, actually. Yeah. yeah. And because it's the 70s, yeah. and kangaroo, like, people knew what kangaroos looked like, but presumably... I don't know. You could. I feel like you could dupe people in the seventies, being like, "No, that's what kangaroos look like." Well, there are definitely bits of this movie where Elliot Gould is depicted as a sort of fast-talking, yeah. like can sell us. Don't say it. I I realized immediately what I was about to say. Uh, sorry about that. But yeah, you could you could sell anything to anyone, kind yeah. of dude, and uh, it would be. I could absolutely see him as like a music music man. That's what yeah. I'm trying to think of. Like the music man type of character and just being like, we're going to put you in this suit. And he's like, okay, I'll put on the suit. And he's like, oh, see, this kangaroo mm -hmm. is like, 
Is that what is that really a kangaroo, Mister? I've spent so many years in the outback, braving the, the the tundra and the gigantic spiders that they have in Australia, and I can tell you this is the finest specimen of of kangaroous caduncus that I have ever seen. Like making up medical terms, and it would and make shit. the Kathleen stuff so much funnier because she could like give it a hard. She's not used to fucking working with kangaroos. She could give right. it a hard look and be like, "I guess I have to save this animal." <laughs> She's trying to save this animal, and meanwhile, the boxer inside the kangaroo suit is falling in love with her from a distance, <laughs> and it becomes, and it, he's writing love letters that she thinks is coming from Elliot Gould, and it becomes a Cyrano de Bergerac situation. And, like, <laughs> Elliot Gould keeps trying to go on dates with her, and the kangaroo's always, like, hopping hop, along. Hop. <laughs> and because the SPCA lady loves animals, she's like, no, bring him along! Yeah, bring him along! <laughs> Oh man, this movie's great. Yeah, let's make this movie. <laughs> yeah, let's make that movie um, instead of this one. Kathleen is watching and is upset. I don't care why. I think I mentioned that. Yes. Bernie and Billy meet with Parkhurst. He tells them the championship fight is on, mm-hmm. but it's going to be a free fight to benefit charity. It was the only way they could get Lee to agree. Billy is willing to do whatever Bernie wants. And here's like, Billy's really laying it on thick, like, oh, I trust you. Mm-hmm. Uh, which again. If Bernie were a shittier dude, we could be like, oh, no, Billy, don't do it. Mm -hmm. But again, he's just so bland. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And Bernie goes ahead with this idea. He's not going to get his million dollars he was promised. But for whatever reason, let's let's do the fight so we can clean up boxing, which I guess is the message of the movie the entire time. I guess. One last note about uh, Robert Mitchum, because this is like his last big scene. He has like one other bit of dialogue, but that's about it. One good thing that came out of this for Elliot Gould, other than, you know, his paycheck, is that uh, every day he and Robert Mitchum would have uh, sandwiches together oh, yeah. and smoke a joint together. I was just about to ask if they got high together. They did. That's they wonderful. did indeed. According to Elliot Gould, he got high with Robert <laughs> Mitchum every day on the set of Matilda. That's beautiful. And that sounds like a great time now being high I'm with picturing, Robert Mitchum. <laughs> now I'm picturing, because you said they ate sandwiches, like giant Scooby-Doo sandwiches. <laughs> yeah. And Robert Mitchum would just, like, unhinge his jaw and eat it in one bite. <laughs> Night of the Sandwich Hunter, am I right? <laughs> Next we get a training montage of Matilda and Lee training. And here we're told that Tanya has become Lee's girl. Matilda eats another McDonald's Sunday, And it would be a great twist if Matilda died that from would, eating people food. That would be a fantastic twist. Like, right before the big match... Matilda's just lying dead and bloated. And that's when... That's, that's when, when Billy gets into the suit. That's when Billy gets into the suit. <laughs> they have to skin Matilda and make a kangaroo suit. What could happen in our movie is, like, Kathleen, like, finds some food that kangaroos eat. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, feeds it to the boxer, but it's something the boxer is allergic to. Right. And he dies, because no one <laughs> can see him, like, being, like... Asphyxiating inside Asphyxiating. the suit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's when Billy has his comeback. Oh my god. Okay. Here's where the god thing comes back. Yeah. And here's where Elliot Gould tries his goddamnedest. He's 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 trying. God God bless him. And again, he's working against this character having nothing going on, having no here's the here's the start of the slight good guy conversion. Bernie goes to have a midnight chat with Matilda in Matilda's stable or wherever the fuck he's kept. And again, because this movie has been so allergic to showing Matilda ever, 
this is one of the only scenes in the movie that Elliot Gould shares with Matilda at all. Yes. There are like five scenes total. And he, he's getting real deep and reflective, and he asks who made Matilda and why, mm-hmm. and how did he get such talent. It's a pep talk. It's a benediction. Mm-hmm. It's very heartfelt. It's meant to be very heartfelt. It's meant to be. And like I said, Gould is doing his goddamnedest, and all I can do is laugh. Yeah. Because it's a grown man talking to this shitty kangaroo and like trying to be like, you're one. (laughs) Doctors have come from distant cities. Just wonder by Natalie Merchant should be fucking (laughs) playing during this scene. It's yeah. There's, there's a thing that you get told as like a young actor that uh, you just have to, you just have to grind. You just have to grind. You have to accept every part that comes your way, and that's how you make it. And more and more, I've heard from like uh, actors who have actually made it that no, you don't have to do that. No, uh, you don't that have ruins to. Ruins your career. You don't have to do that. That that kind of sinks you. And uh, saying no is actually incredibly powerful. And I think that uh, Elliot Gould was when he refused to let someone buy him out of this contract and, and tried to swing for the fences here was like, I'm going to be, I'm going to be one of those actors is just like absolutely a workhorse actually absolutely shows up. And it's like, sometimes there are movies, even Michael Caine would say no to you. Sh- you shouldn't do them. Oh man. Michael Caine should have been in this movie. <laughs> I could see Michael Caine playing Elliot Gould's part. Honestly, I, I could, I could absolutely see it in a different movie. He would have been a great pinky. <laughs> Yes, yes. Now listen here, you dumb fuck. <laughs> you take your boxing kangaroo and you get the fuck out of this sport. My sister-in-law loved you and I and I gave you a sport in my office out of the goodness of my heart. Next Not Bernie, many people know that. Next, Bernie meets with the two tail-chopping mobsters, one of whom is Witch Luca Brazzi. Mm-hmm. They take Bernie for a ride at gunpoint. They take him to Uncle No-No, who offers him to trade... The slave contract of Lee Dockerty mm-hmm. for the slave contract of Matilda. Would you give away your Matilda? <laughs> Would you sell your Matilda in uh, exchange for a human being? I don't. I don't think so. Especially in exchange for that particular human being. I don't. Yeah. He hasn't proven himself to be extremely useful over the course of the film. No. Although. He's going to be. He's going to show his prowess pretty soon. He's going to show his prowess pretty soon. But this spirals into a debate about the ethics of being a mafia don. Did it? I was pretty tuned out by this. Yeah. Point. No. He. He. At. They're. They're debating back and forth, and then Ellie goes like, "No," and the mafia's like, "You got guts, kid." And then <laughs> you they got start moxie, and then they just start debating the ethics of being a mafia boss. And how it and does that make him any different from Elliot Gould or not? Like we're two sides of the same coin. During which, by the way, they just explicitly play the Godfather theme. Oh yeah, yeah. So the connections between this movie and the Godfather run even deeper. People call this the Godfather of boxing kangaroo movie. <laughs> they, they do indeed. They do indeed. Bernie refuses because he's a good guy now. I guess so. No, no threatens to raid the training camp and kill Billy and Matilda. <laughs> I forgot about that. Which, give me that fucking scene. Give me that scene where mobsters raid the training camp and Matilda's just knocking them out left and right. Yes. And fucking Billy can get on the action too. Welterweight champion of the British Isles, Billy the Burmanese kid. Right. Fucking coming out to protect his goddamn roo. Doing it. 
But Bernie points out that no-no is too smart for that. It'd bring down too much heat. So yeah. thank God we had that conversation. Right. And at that point, not only is no-no like, not going to do anything more to cause him any trouble, he's fully on board the Matilda train. He places a million-dollar bet on Matilda. A million-dollar bet. Now we're in Reno. Baby's in Reno with the vitamin C. Got a couple of couches. Sleep on the love seat. <laughs> Some keep saying I'm insane to complain about a shotgun wedding. Do you know what that is? Yes. I, uh, at least I can hear it in my head. I don't remember the Loser name of the song. Loser by Beck. That's it. Yes. One of my favorite songs. <laughs> Clearly. No, I'm serious. It's one of my favorite songs. Next, we're in Reno, and it's fight night. The announcer mentions a bunch of rumors that have been flying that don't matter, and no one gives a shit. Yeah, no one gives a shit. Parkhurst is there. No-No is there. Now, backstage, a wrinkle's going to happen. And this the, is going to be the emotional crux the of this final fight. The writers of the movie suddenly realize, oh, shit, there are no stakes. So they add some. Billy tells Bernie that if a kangaroo is hit, they won't fight anymore, which I'm pretty sure is a goddamn lie. Yeah, it is. It's, that's stupid. That's, that's, that's something... Uh, so what what will happen is if Lee and he gives a speech about how kangaroos fight in nature, but it's just for funsies, I guess, and they stop after they're hit. If if a kangaroo ever hits another kangaroo, the kangaroo who is hit not only will stop fighting immediately, but will never fight again. So they understand the impact of violence. I guess. Because they're God, they are God's creatures. Mm -hmm. They are purer than us. Sure. Has a kangaroo ever declared war? <laughs> Has Too a kangaroo much. ever built an atomic bomb? <laughs> Has a kangaroo ever fired a cannon? <laughs> to my Has knowledge. a kangaroo ever wielded a saber? Now that last one, probably. I hope so. <laughs> Fix one to the tail. I don't know. I mean, given the weight, how articulate, how articulated the fingers are on the kangaroo in this movie, they probably could just wield one with their hand. Listen, I know where I'm getting a little off base with my better Matilda movies, but Matilda is a swashbuckling pirate. Sure. But if Lee hits Matilda first, or if Lee hits Matilda at all, because yeah. it's assumed that Matilda will knock Lee out immediately. Right. But if Lee hits first... Then Matilda will just freeze and Lee will murder the beast. Lee will not stop punching <laughs> until Matilda is dead. Just like a pulp on the tarpaulin. Yeah. So, yeah. Matilda has knocked out every other boxer that she's gone up, that he's gone up against with one punch without ever getting hit this entire time. And now they're worried uh, because they're going up against a champion, and the last time they went up against him, he was three, sh three sheets of the wind. Uh, yeah, they're they're a bit worried. And uh, again, this shit comes right the fuck out of nowhere. This was not set up in any way by the film preceding and it. And Billy's like, oh, all the other people we faced were washed up. Like, I knew yeah. Matilda would win. Yeah. yeah. Here's the thing, though. It was enough for me. It was enough for me to be invested in this fight. Really, because my very next note is, I'm so bored, I can't spend the energy to raise my eyes to the TV screen anymore. Matilda and Lee <laughs> Matilda and Lee enter the ring. 
Matilda entering, of course, to waltzing Matilda. Of course. We see Matilda's balls again, and I wish... <laughs> I wish everyone's reaction to Matilda was just disgust and fear. <laughs> the re- I wish that they'd made Matilda wear boxers, like boxers, boxer shorts. Well, he has the fucking elastic band of the boxing shorts right. around his kangaroo waist. He has a little but without everlast. the shorts. Yeah, he's a little everlast belt, but he doesn't have a he doesn't have the shorts. And that would be so much funnier if they just gave him boxing shorts. The referee, for some reason, told the referee's name. It is George Latka. I wish it was Andy Kaufman's Latka from Taxi. (laughs) Thank you very much. You stupids. It is time for you to punch each other. (laughs) Also, what the fuck happened to Gordon? Gordon's just out of this goddamn movie. Gordon's gone. Until the the Animal House-esque recap at the end. All right, the fight begins. Matilda gets in some hits, knocks Lee down, Lee gets up. Mm-hmm. Man, we can really see Matilda's balls. <laughs> Lee gets knocked down again, and the round ends. This is the longest anyone's ever gone against Matilda. And yeah. you have to remember, all I've wanted from this movie is a goddamn boxing kangaroo, and I finally get it. That's true. I finally get it, Billy. This is what I've wanted from the movie. This is very true. So I, I can see why you were a little bit more invested. Here's my question. If kangaroos only punch each other once and every kangaroo after being punched once stops being stops fighting immediately why does matilda not stop punching the champ after punching him once this is why matilda had to leave the outback because he was too fucking savage (laughs) the dude's got no mercy the dude has got no mercy (laughs) we're bringing it back Uh, Uh, so they go back to their corners billy and matilda hug and even though they clearly fuck I got I got a very strong sense of pity and empathy for Matilda. This is a scared animal. Mm-hmm. Normally, it, he just knocks the person out. He's never had to like do it this much. This is a dumb, stupid, soulless animal. No one's ever gone the distance with Matilda. Round two. Matilda is still running this match. Mm-hmm. Matilda knocks Lee out of the ring, but apparently you can just do that in boxing. I it's guess. not like a... a it, the, an it's just not over or something. Uh, by the way, during this fight, Matilda blocks several punches, which I think completely negates the one punch rule. But fuck it, who cares? Matilda has a good D. Like Matilda has a good defense. Good like, defense. Just... I thought you were gonna say Matilda has a good dick. No, <laughs> we don't see that. How are we gonna know? We see the balls. <laughs> we see the balls. We don't see the dick. They ask Billy about Matilda's dick, and he does the same hand motions from <laughs> Shape of Water. <laughs> it's not the end of the match. <laughs> round three. As soon as round three is declared, Matilda just hops into Lee's corner and punches the fuck out of him. <laughs> Matilda wants this fight over with. Lee gets up. More boxing. Here's where I noted I'm actually kind of engaged. Matilda keeps hitting Lee, just pummeling this stupid asshole over <laughs> and over in any other boxing match, this would be like a fucking massacre. Like, oh yeah, Lee is down again. Round four, the crowd is ne- crowd is now on Lee's side because it's such a fucking massacre. It's such a massacre. And I honestly, right before that they showed that the the audience was on Lee's side, I wrote down, "Jesus, I'm starting to root for Lee because like, holy shit, he's getting murdered out there. It's not even a joke." And here becomes the part where I started to get really really started to vibe emotionally with this movie. Okay. 
The crowd is now on Lee's side. Uh-huh. Matilda's still fucking just shoe-shining this dumb bitch. <laughs> Until Lee finally lands a punch on Matilda. Mm-hmm. Matilda is stunned, but before anything else... And Lee is stunned, too, because it's like, oh, shit, I got this punch. And they sort of look at each other, and before Lee can punch again, Bernie throws in the fucking towel. Yes. Tosses the white towel into the ring. Yes. And here's again... If they had built his character up as more of a sleaze bag, mm-hmm. this could be a nice moment where he's like, this, "I got, I fucking care about this animal." This could have been more powerful. I didn't even notice. I assumed that Billy had thrown the white flag. I did not realize it's it was Bernie, Bernie who it did was it. Bernie. That is that is a little bit uh, that is a little bit powerful. Lee wins. Billy and Matilda embrace. Kathleen and Bernie embrace. Then Kathleen tells Bernie she loves him. Gross. Because it's in the script. Yeah, because it's in the script and for no other reason. No-No has lost millions of dollars, and here's what you were alluding to before. Parkhurst talks about how the audience became became threatened by Matilda's dominance, which is why they cheered for Lee in the end. There's a moment, and here's the moment that really got to me. Mm -hmm. Matilda is leaving. Waltzing Matilda is playing and getting faster and faster. We know Matilda will never fight again. Mm -hmm. The crowd is clapping along to the song. Lee gives a salute. Lee, like, raises his gloves into the air. Yeah. Uh, And I was like, this could have been a shitty but sort of good sports movie. Yeah. Which is, like, indomitable spirit meets indomitable spirit. and Which is all we wanted from the movie, really. But then this moment is ruined because we get a close-up of Matilda's dog shit face. (laughs) Making his dumb fucking honking noises. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, right, this movie sucks. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. It would have been so easy to feel for Matilda. Matilda, who nuzzles Billy's neck as they walk slash hop along. And it is, again, it is clear these two fuck. It's so clear that they fuck. I wrote down, it's almost like putting an animal in a ring was a horrible idea. There's a reason wh- There's a reason that no matter how many hundreds of Air Bud movies they've made, or how many sports that dog or its spawn have played, you will never see it in a fighting ring. I, I would pay really good money to see <laughs> I don't actually want a man to box a dog, because that's animal cruelty. Right, obviously. But make a movie <laughs> where a boxer has to just, like, bend over and punch a dog in the face. <laughs> so the, the air buddies make it even worse. It's the puppies. Oh, it's the puppy ones. It's, it's just, the air buddies go oh. to... Air, air buddies fight in the World Wrestling Federation. <laughs> they just go and they just, like, uh, the, the fucking Undertaker versus all these puppies. I just got a terrible flashback to an anime movie named Midori where some terrible things happen to a puppy or puppies. I tried to block it out. Yeah. We're back in the pub we started in. Yes. Billy tell, tells us that Bernie now manages Lee because I don't fucking know. Right. And Pinky is his assistant because that's how things work in movies. Right. Bernie and Kathleen got married because why not? I guess she, they felt she and this were somehow necessary. Mm-hmm. Mark Parkhurst also, for some reason, won a bunch of awards for writing about Matilda and is now editor of the paper. Because that's how things work in movies. Tanya has become a singer in Las Vegas because why not? Because we care about what Tanya's doing, I guess. Gordon became vice president of William Morris Talent Agency, even though he was a fucking driver. Yeah. Like, I don't... I don't fucking understand it. <laughs> Grand, this is a movie where they had a goddamn Irish immigrant reading Variety to like 
we get his bearings. They had a fucking Irish immigrant own a kangaroo. Matilda? What happened to Matilda? Why isn't Matilda in this pub? It's because Matilda is living with fucking Uncle Nono, who bought a fucking Central American country where he's raising kangaroos. Billy, who loves Matilda like a son, has given Matilda to the gangster that tried to fucking kill the kangaroo, and this gangster has bought a fucking Central American country... It's so got like. It's amazing that a movie that consistently manages to no sell its own premise can still be so insulting by the end. Yeah. Can still like. It has m- not managed to stab you at with its knife at all, and it still somehow manages to twist that knife at the end. Yeah. Also, we find out that Bernie and Kathleen had, like, four children. Gross. And they're, uh, some them, we're gonna see some of them soon. They seem mm-hmm. to be fairly well-aged, so it's been a few years. Mm-hmm. But, final better movie than Matilda. Uncle No-No sequel, where he is still a mob boss, mm-hmm. and he is using these kangaroos as drug mules across <laughs> the border. Oh, God. <laughs> puts it in the pouch, not, has not, them hop across. Not a drug mule, drug roo. Ooh! Yeah. Also, another kangaroo movie that involved a weird amount of mafia plot, Kangaroo Jack. Yeah. Now Billy picks up a little Joey, a baby kangaroo, played by an actual live-action baby kangaroo. The best performance in this movie of baby kangaroo acting like a baby kangaroo that really doesn't want to be on camera. Yeah. (laughs) At all. Is desperately trying to escape. Bernie and his family arrive, and Billy gives Bernie the Joey, which is named Junior, Mm -hmm. to take to the gym to train. Kathleen says it's inhumane to do that to a baby kangaroo, and she is 100% right. Yes. I don't know what kind of fucking training is involved with this. I just imagine Elliot Gould punching this baby kangaroo (laughs) in the goddamn face. Right in the goddamn face. Billy looks at the camera and says, life's grand, isn't it? Fuck you. (laughs) End movie. Uh, I said, life's grand, and I said, it is now that I never have to watch this again. There's also a bit where, as they're driving off, one of uh, Billy, one of Bernie's kids lets go of a red balloon and it flies off into the air yeah. in, uh, I guess, an homage to Red Balloon. Maybe. Uh, and uh, I, my final note is, uh, the audience turned on Matilda... Because it felt the encroachment of the possible evolutionary end of the line of humanity and the rise of the marsupials wiping out humanity, which makes this a prequel to Howling 3, the marsupials. Sure. I also want to point out, Elliot Gould says the word marsupial a lot, and it's great. Yes. So that concludes No Not That One Month. Ended... On the lowest yes. <laughs> end of the spectrum, I do wish that we had ended either with up or with tag. Yes. Because we have we have now seen like one of my favorite movies we've ever talked about. And one of your and least one favorite. of my least favorite movies we've ever talked about. Do you know what you want to talk about next week? Uh, absolutely not. Okay, well we will get back to you with that. Thank you for listening. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Good night. I need to go to the bathroom so bad. <laughs>